Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, 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 it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat, and I'm with... That's right. That's right. I always wait for the, the click of the beer. With uh, Ian Wally here and... Uh, Hello! Yeah, it's another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Very popular podcast. I gotta say thank you everybody out there for all the five-star reviews. Mazel tov. Mazel tov, uh, you know, and all that good stuff. Uh, I got a show tomorrow on my voice is horse. I think that I had this problem when we had Ron Keel on the show. Remember that? I do. I do. Vaguely. <clears throat> so tomorrow I have a show and my voice is... It's, it's not that I'm sick. I got like a really sore throat. So, But the show <laughs> Your mother's gone. got the same problem. Yeah, but she got it from sucking dick. I got it from... Ayo. You know, well, I got it from sucking dick too, but my mom got it from sucking human dick. Oh, okay. You ever suck your horse's dick? No, no, the, the glass dick. I used to freebase a lot. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Right. Like mother, like son, huh? There you go. There you go. It's in the family. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, before, hey, yeah, yeah, I know you want to jump into the news thing, but, you know, I want to talk about our old buddy Terrence. Oh, that guy? And I, I got to tell you, I don't know. We are We are recording this now on Friday. It'll be up in two days. Thursday. Oh, yeah, today's Thursday. Uh, it'll be up in three days, this episode. And I don't know, anybody out there that is not on the Facebook uh, page... You're missing uh, out. You're missing out because Terrence... Ian actually allowed Terrence back in because Ian, Ian... You know, Ian, Ian you're, you're, you're so evil that you're making believe that you're on his side. Well, I, I drink a lot. I make a lot of poor life choices. Yeah, no, but you you and I both know. Come on, there's no let's not bullshit each other. You think he's a fucking idiot, don't you? You still uh, yeah. yeah. He's an idiot savant. Yeah, he's an idiot savant and Ian put him back on the page and, and Terrence is like in heaven because he's been living in his little hole of loneliness because he has no friends. And now that Ian brought him back, he loves Ian and he thinks Ian's like his buddy and stuff. And Ian is playing him like a fiddle. And this oh, kid, no, 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 wait, hey, hey, I don't want no heart attack thing on me. No, bullshit, let's stop, hey, hey, are you a poser, Ian, or are we going to get honest here? Huh? I, I'm metal to the bone. You're metal <laughs> to the bone, so stop with the poser shit. You and okay. I both know the only reason you put Terrence back is so can everybody can goof on him, because you and I both know he's a shit stick. I love ratings. Yes, and you love, and, and I'm telling people, join the page, but hopefully he'll still be on it. Um, he, uh, he's been fighting with me. Well, you know, I mean, in, in, in his, his, his defense, I wasn't happy from the get-go that he joined the page, and so I've been fucking with him. But I fuck with him with truth. I don't make up shit like he does. I say it as it is. He's a loser. He's pathetic. And if you guys want to see him singing... Not singing, but lip syncing a Jethro Tull song. You gotta see this to believe it. And he also does air drumming too to a Genesis drum solo. 
The guy is the most pathetic loser you can ever see in your life. And, and it's it's one of the worst Jethro Tull songs. I actually like Jethro Tull, but he picked one of the worst songs ever to do that just reinforces why people hate Jethro Tull. And Terrence. <laughs> and but, Terrence. And, but my point is, look, this guy, everything he does, all the fucked up things he does, he blames it on his autism. Which I think is an insult for people with autism, because I know people with autism. I know one guy that when I used to work at a grocery store, he's still there. He's in stock. He works in the stock department. Kind soul. Now and then I take him to lunch. He never wishes death on anybody. He doesn't like, he's nothing like Terrence. And Terrence now has his own little show where he makes himself an authority on autism. He's like the most fakest person I think I've ever met in my life. You can't get (coughs) phonier. <coughs> Sorry that that cough is from Terrence. Uh, Terrence is wishing death on me. I know, I that, know. but and, I I, I kind of I know where he's coming from though because I do a lot of asshole things too, and I blame it on my tennis elbow. And I don't even play tennis, but I use it as a crutch. Yeah, my and me, my pancreas it makes me do a, a lot of there evil stuff. There to you me. go. It's That's, the pancreas talking. Yeah, it's the pancreas talking, just like the autism's talking for Terrence. Terrence, you're a piece of crap, and from now on, on this page, and I said it to him today already, he is now my bitch on the page. So come over. If he's still there, then he's my little bitch, because I get I, I said it. If you say one negative thing toward me or anybody, you are banned. So therefore, you're going to have to take my beating, boy. And if you don't like my beating and you say one negative thing, I'm banning you. I have the power to ban you. And I will ban you. So, hey, hey, no talking back to your master, puppy. All right? So, because uh, let me tell you something. I'm liable to walk up to that wall and push Humpty Dumpty right off it. Okay? Yoke will be everywhere. All over your face. I will knock you off the wall. And you will never, ever be back on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And, oh... And I'll also go over to the YouTube page and ban you from there, too. I'll just ban you from everything where you're going to go back to your little cubby hole where you're a little loser. I mean, this guy is such a loser. He he's, he, he comes back to the page because he misses us so much. Everybody's insulting him, and he's pretending he likes it. But what he really likes is just to be back in, in, in the presence of everybody that he used to be friends with before he burned a bridge with every one of us. Including Ian, but Ian is so evil, he's pretending to be his friend. Well, I will say this. Even if you ban Terrence again... Yeah. It'll be for life, too. Well, well, hold on now. Hold on. If his dad spends $1,000 on Amazon using our link, I might let him back. And remember the word might. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we might, we might bump that up to 2000 Dad yeah. needs money. Daddy needs money. Yeah, he can spend all he want. It's still going to be a might. You know, might also means might not. So, Baldini, keep playing your little keyboards out of time. Why ain't you in a band if you're such a scary talent? And, uh, you fucking conehead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I call you out, you my little bitch. You're my little pony. That's what you are. You're my little pony. My little rainbow-filled pony. Never been laid. He said to me, I've been laid twice. And I'm like, well, 
Does it really count if you have to pay for it? <laughs> he only murdered the girl once, but he fucked her twice. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Yeah, I should have used that one. That's a good one, Ian. If you weren't, be, if you weren't being such a scumbag, pretending to be his friend, that would have been a good comeback you could have wrote there. Why don't you send me some of those jabs on PM and I'll do it for you. I I mean, what happened, Ian? What happened to you? It used to be vice versa. I used to be the one quiet and you attack him. Now it's the other way around. What the hell? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, maybe it was the voodoo doll that, that he's got on us. Maybe, maybe me change my tune. Yeah, it's making know? me cough. <laughs> See? See? And, and I'm the picture of perfect health. So, uh, uh, so everybody out there, join the Facebook page. Terrence might still be there, or he might get a little lippy and I'll have to ban him. Join and find out. All right? So that's all I have to say about my little pony bitch. So, uh, what's going on with the news this week, Ian? Oh, man, the news this week. We got happy, we got sad, we got happy, we got sad. Here's on a sad note, and this is why I'm being nice to Terrence. Okay, uh, Bruce Dickinson denied, for like the 50th time, Terrence's uh, Facebook friend request. And it's just came out that Bruce Dickinson has, uh, has throat cancer. Wow, and that yeah. was from Terrence wishing death on him. Yes, yes, yep. that mother I know it. can do it. Right? R- right, Ian? Yeah, that's why I'm being I'm being fucking sweet as can be. Yeah. Ian said it, Terrence. You heard him. And I agree yeah. with Ian. We both think that he got throat cancer because of you. That's true. You're wishing yeah. death. And hey, my throat hurts now. See? See, that's how it fucking starts. That's why Terrence Terrence Reardon, I love you. God damn, what are you, best air drummer I ever seen. And let me tell you something. I bet you anything, if Terrence is listening now and that what I just said, I might have throat cancer because of him wishing me death, I guarantee he's smiling. He's that evil. He is such an evil, evil guy, man. And he claims but, to be religious. Well, you know, whatever, dude. Car- well, well, I'm well, not- well, he, he's Catholic. Let's not forget what Catholic priests do to little boys. It's not a nice religion. Remember actually, actually, I, I believe it's the same thing Terrence does to little boys. Yeah, if he yeah. had the chance. Yeah, there you go. So, so Catholics are nice, you know, and and then they dress weird too. But anyway, oh yeah, uh, like 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 Terrence, he wears fucking grand grandfather shorts all the way up to his nipple. Hey man, people need to join our Facebook. Even if he's banned, you get to see all these videos of Terrence. You got to see how this guy dresses. Oh my god, what a but, loser. But enough about that douchebag. I want to, I'm not a religious man, so I think prayers are fucking, that's voodoo and shit. But I want to send some well wishes, and I hope Bruce Dickinson gets better. Oh, hell better. yeah, hell yeah. That's horrible. I didn't know it, it was throat cancer. I heard yeah. he had cancer, but not throat cancer. That's horrible. Well, 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 they, well I, I guess that's what I, they found cancer on the back of his tongue, which as a singer can't be good. But supposedly they caught it early. Uh, they're getting ready to do some chemo on him. So they're not going to make any announcements or anything till May. I think he'll be done with chemo at the end of May. But uh, I want to wish Bruce Dickinson a speedy recovery. I I hope so, too. And I want to make a public service announcement. This is no joke. This is actually the truth. Google the shit and you'll find out. You know what's a a way you can get cancer, like on your tongue and your throat? And maybe this is how Bruce Dickinson got cancer. I don't know if you know this, Ian. And this is no joke. Google it. You'll see it true. Eating pussy. What? This is a true story, man. Eating pussy can give you throat cancer. This oh. is, 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 I've read it, and I was like, no. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe that's why my throat hurts. Oh, God forbid. Wow. Wow. But, yeah, eating pussy, it, it, it it's linked to cancer. You can get like, cancer that way. Like just your mom's or any pussy? Any pussy. But then again. Oh, wow. I don't know. Maybe, no, 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 no. It, it's any pussy. Why would they I didn't read it. It was just. That's like, I, I like to do that. It was Yeah, I love doing that shit. I'm an expert in it, man. Oh, but man. but That's I will impressive. I will say this too. I may be an expert eating pussy, but every pussy's different. Oh, no, that's true. No pussy's the same. That's you know? true. You can eat one pussy and make that chick come, then eat another pussy the same way, and the chick won't come. It's true. Yep. I have I have Ryan here, my my seventeen year old guitar player who's learning. I teach you a lot, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Hey. He he said it, man. I'm I'm a, I'm his mentor. You know what I found out the other day on the Poor internet. Kid. And supposedly this shit is true. What? Like, you ever hear there's a joke when you're going down on a girl and you, and you blow air inside her and then you push out her tummy and, and, and make it talk? Oh, no, no. That was the pussy farts. No, I never. Yeah, I never... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard you can kill a woman by doing that. Like, really? that's very, like, very bad to do. That it could, it, I forget what the fuck it can give them, like an aneurysm or some kind. It's like weird. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh, fuck. I, I love doing that shit for shits and giggles. Watch but, uh, now, Parent, Terrence is going to do that to the next hooker he pays for sex. Oh yeah, yeah, but but I don't think you can kill a guy by blowing it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's just on women. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I anyway, forgot. Off, I forgot. Terrence is gay. Yeah, we're getting off topic here. The main thing is we want to wish Bruce Dickinson a speedy recovery. Yes, I really do. I may, you know, I do get in quite a few fights, you know, with the whole Dickinson Deano. I'm a Deano guy, but I love Bruce Dickinson's first three albums with Maiden, and even if I hated Bruce Dickinson, I would never wish cancer or death on anybody, because only losers do that. And, uh, look, there's nobody I hate more than Scott Weiland, but I don't want that guy to die. I want him to live. I want everybody to live, man. Unless you're like a Dave Holland or Terrence. Nah, I'm just kidding about the Terrence part, but Dave Holland, you know, people like him deserve to die, but not not Bruce Dickinson, man. Yeah, he may be a midget and pompous, but whatever, man. We ain't a, None of us are all perfect, you know? Yeah, he sang on Somewhere in Time, but so, you know, so what? There's actually people out there that like that. Well, and then let's go from one cancer case to another. Oh. We got to wish a happy birthday to the Riff Master. Fucking Tony Iommi just turned 67 years old the other day. Oh, and, man. I didn't yeah. know. That. Yes. A happy birthday to Tony Iommi. I love him. We hope you are around for another for a long, long time to come. We hope there's another album and tour. My favorite band in the world is Original Black Sabbath, so you know how I feel about Tony. So here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, we are wishing a happy birthday to Mr. Tony Iommi. Hell yeah, man. The Riff Hell Master yes. General. And then, oh my God, what a depressing week in the news. Today, as we record this, is the anniversary, I believe the 35th oh, anniversary. Yes. Today, yes. Of the incredible Bond Scott. Unbelievably. I remember that day. I was in junior high school. That shows you how old I am. 1980, February 19th. Guy came up to me, said ACDC died. I was like, what do you mean ACDC died? Yeah, they all died in a plane crash. And then I found out later it was uh, just Bond Scott. And, and same thing happened when Randy Rhodes died. Ozzy died. Turned out it was just Randy Rhodes, but still, you know. It was still shocking. I remember that day perfectly, and it was like very depressing because I was so into ACDC. was like one of my favorites, still is, uh, back then, you know. And, and Bon Scott, the best, 
sh- you know, shithouse poet ever. And ever. I mean that with the ever. utmost respect. The best poet period ever. I don't and, care. And, I don't care know, what, what you want to label it. I don't think nobody wrote better lyrics than Bon Scott. And, and, and you know what's so awesome is when I realized it was the anniversary today, I go on my phone and I got shit on shuffle. Uh, you know, I, and I hit uh, Dirty Deeds on Shuffle, and uh, Up Came Ain't No Fun. And, uh, oh, man, when that part came on about, you know, my patches have I patches. I got patches on my patches on my old blue jeans. Well, they used to be new when they used to be blue, when they used to be clean. Used to be clean. That's well, I genius. Got, I got the biggest smile on my face when I heard that. I thought about you, Ralph. Yeah, and, yeah uh, I, 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 I told you about that, right? How oh, genius oh, yeah. those lyrics are. And and you know I was I was on another page the other day and they were doing a debate on the whole uh, you know Brian Johnson Bon Scott who who's the better one and and I love I love both of them but it is no con I mean seriously seriously I mean Bon Scott is the man you can't fault Brian Johnson because Bon died and Brian's done a great job stepping up but what Bon Scott brought to that band. You know, and and they never even would have got there if it wasn't without Bond taking nothing away from Malcolm and Angus, you know, and Cliff and you know Phil. But man, Bond Scott, you, you could never replace him. Brian no. Johnson, Brian Johnson has done an incredible job filling in. I got and I'm, nothing. And I'm love. so glad. I'm so glad Brian Johnson got the job because that oh, yeah. that guy's so nice. Oh yeah, and you want to talk about somebody who's respectful, uh, you know, to the legacy and the honor of yeah. Bond Scott. Brian Johnson always shows. Nothing but respect, and, yep. and he will always say, "Like, well, I can't beat Bond. Nobody can beat Bond. You, you know, he's very, he's very humble, and uh, nothing but respect for Brian Johnson. But even he knows, man, how do you, how do you replace, you know, Bond exactly. Scott? No, no, no. And Brian Johnson, what a voice on that guy, man. I tried, oh my God. I did it, and a lot of people say I, ch- I sounded just like him. Ryan, did you like that dude when I did Hell's Bells in Puerto Rico? Hell yeah, bro. I sounded just like him. But let me tell you something. After I, I'd done that song, I was like, I lost my voice. Because it's so, it's crazy, man, the way that guy sings. It's amazing, you know? Right, but that that, that wasn't, you know, that and, wasn't Bon Scott's fault. That but, was the parents voodoo curse on you. Yeah, that's true. And Bon is another person not that easy to sing his stuff either, man. Mm-mm. You know, he's fucking amazing. So, yeah, man, all, all hail Bon Scott. Uh, I will always love that guy. My favorite lyricist, one of the greatest front men ever. Lived it. No, I, I don't think anybody is more real than Bon Scott. He lived it and he died. He died from it, you know? He died rock and roll. He lived it, breathed it, and died from it. A true, a true artist, and he busted his ass. You got to read any Bon Scott biography. The guy... Live like live like uh, like if he was eighty years old and he died at thirty two years old. He was in three bands and three known bands that were on TV and stuff. You could see old YouTube clips of him being in a band called the Valentines and Fraternity, you know. And he, he almost died. He beat up a cop and, and and went to jail. That's where he wrote Jailbreak. I mean, there's so many stories about Bon Scott that and t- to think, you know, he. He was right there, man. Like right when he died, he was on the verge of becoming a superstar. And I had no I have no doubt in my mind, Back in Black would have been just that successful if Bond would have lived. Oh yes. Oh yes. So, you know, hail Bond Scott. We love you. Look out for the new. There's two new movies coming out. There's gonna be uh uh a documentary about Bond Scott and there's 
there's also going to be a movie about Bon Scott. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, go listen to some goddamn Bon Scott ACDC albums today in his memory. When you hear this, you know, you're going to want to, you know, you're going to want to go hear the album we're talking about, which is Crocus Headhunter. But you're also going to want to listen to some Bon Scott. And please do. Yes. And if you don't, if you don't have every Bon Scott album, use our Amazon link and go buy that motherfucker. God damn it. I just made up a future show and tell me what you think of this, Ian. Top, Go ahead. Top 10 Bon Scott sh- songs coming soon. Ooh, I like it. I uh, dig it. ACDC. I dig it. Top 10 favorite Bon Scott songs from ACDC. I you know, it. if we were to do top 10 worst Bon Scott songs from ACDC, I couldn't even name two. I Did he do a bad I, no, no, he didn't. I, 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 a couple unreleased tracks I'm not too crazy about, like the original Touch Too Much, that sounds nothing like what ended up being Touch Too Much. It's just a title. I didn't dig too much. But it I, wasn't released. Right. I, I, I've got some some like rarity shit that I, I haven't listened to all the way. But I'm talking as far as like official releases, I don't know of one bad no, Bond Scott no, song. And even a lot of unofficial, like Carry Me Home, that did come out on that that album, uh, that box set. But that's a great song that didn't make no albums. And then there's those songs that never were released in America, like uh, Crapsody and Blue, which is about getting crabs. And uh, uh, so many other ones, man. Stick Around. I can go on and on. But all hail Bon Scott. And we have any more news there, Ian? I've got one more amazing story. Hit me. Hold that thought. i got to go to the bathroom. All right, hit me. All right, here we go. Now you know, you know I'm an I'm an insider in the music industry. Everybody you, comes to Ian for advice. You know I got friends in the biz, except for me. Well, yeah, yeah, you're my only like non-friend in the biz. But this, I guarantee you, is the biggest fucking story that's ever going to get broken on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Ooh, yes, this this is big time. Now, I know you're aware, Ralph, that Jimmy Page has been going back and remastering and doing deluxe uh, editions of all the Led Zeppelin albums. One day, I'm going to buy every single one of those box that costs like 100 something each. I'm going to buy every yeah. one of them, including oh, oh, Into oh the God. Outdoors, Amazing. buddy. Ew. I'll buy the Coda one before I get that. Oh, but, you're foul of shit. But anyway, they've been doing phenomenal. They've, they've been re-entering the charts, uh, which is amazing for remaster and everything. But because of that success, they have finally, as of today, got Robert Plant to put down his fucking accordion band. Led Zeppelin is going to get back together for a 50-date tour. That's 50 dates throughout the whole world, not just you. I mean, that's 50 dates worldwide. John Paul Jones... Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are going to tour as Led Zeppelin. Oh, please, now, tell, please tell me with Peter Chris. Oh, all right, here's the thing they finally acknowledged. Okay, there's been like a lot of talk like, okay, Jason Bonham's going to come back and everything. They've realized and they've agreed there is no replacing John Bonham. Right. So what they're going to do on this tour... Because of all the technology and everything they have now, they are going to do the shows 
but it's going to be with pre-recording. They're going to use John Bottom's drums, but because you have to complete the visual, Terrence Reardon is going to air drum to all your favorite Zeppelin classics. Wow. Yeah, but don't worry. It's not his drumming. It's John Bottom. But they're going to have a special cam. There's going to be like a little, you know, black and white TV on the side of the stage so you can follow and see if he's keeping up with Bonzo. But you are going to get to see Led Zeppelin with Terrence Reardon on air drums. Grandpa shorts. You heard it here first. Yes. You heard it here first. He's going to be wearing a Boston Red Sox shirt and some fucking uh, khakis pulled up to his fucking neck. Yeah, but, he, he puts them all, all the way up to his nipple, that guy. But but no, no, trust me. I've seen him, and trust me, this guy is going to put the dick in Moby Dick. It's going to be fucking... <laughs> it's going to be fucking fantastic. Uh, like I said, they're, they're going to pipe in Bonzo's original drum tracks, but you get the great visual... You know, it, it's like uh, Chris Slade with Down Syndrome sitting there, you know, drumming along. Uh, everybody's going to have a hoot. It's going to be a blast. He's going to put the dazed and confused. Yeah, yeah. Every, everybody's going to be very confused and very dazed when uh, they see Led Zeppelin featuring the scary drum talents, air drum talents, I might add, of one Terrence Reardon. I you heard, heard it I, here first, people. I heard, uh, like, Tommy Thayer taught... Ace Frehley, uh, Peter, Peter, uh, Pete, what's the fuck's his name? Phil Collins is going to teach uh, uh, how he how to properly do his drum solo. Because, by the way, people, that brings up another interesting point: why you should join the Rock and Metal Combat Facebook because we have a video there of that a video that Terrence never wanted anybody to see him doing a nine minute drum solo, air drum solo to a Genesis Live album. And uh, we also have all the stuff he never wanted us to see. But but some of the cool people on our page actually ripped that video. Yeah, but luckily for him, that fucking John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, and Robert Plant are all on the Rock and Metal Combat Facebook page. That's I how they saw it. Yeah, they also Yeah, it. they were made aware of his scary talents. They're like, hey, this is what we do, man. Pre-recorded tracks. They're like, Motley Crue can do it. We can do it. You know, and, and and we get Terrence's beautiful chrome dome fucking bashing the air skins behind us. Yeah, so uh, come, come, come on the Facebook page. And if you want to yes. say hi, you want to say hi to Robert Plant, he goes by the name of Justin Childers. <laughs> True story. <clears throat> yes. All right, so let's get into our review this week, which is an oddball one. Uh, I think me and Ian are both kind of a little skeptical about this one because, you know, it's not really a household name. You know, people probably just know him a little bit. But hey, man, maybe we'll turn on a few people to this. I think this is a great, great album. A solid album. Uh, I doubt Ian think the same because me and him never see Die Die and everything. But I think it is their best album. And I don't think there's a bad song on it. We're talking about the Swedish import, right? They're from Sweden, right? I think, I believe. Uh, Switzerland, yes. Oh, Switzerland, okay. They're the Switzerland import Crocus. And their 1983 album, 1983, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Headhunter. Uh, I'll get into like when I first discovered Crocus, where you know a lot of bands, it's kind of like I don't quite remember how I discovered them, but Crocus, I do. Crocus, I believe it was whatever year Metal Rendezvous came out. I believe it was like 80, 81, whatever year that 80, was. 81, I believe. Okay, 81. When that album came out, 
my local radio station, WSHE, played a song off it called Heat Strokes. And that was my introduction to Crocus. And I remember back then I had a little, you know, cassette recorder. I recorded the song. I loved Heat Strokes. It was hard to find, but I finally found the album. Bought it. Good album. Chock full of fillers. But I had a good song called Tokyo Nights, which is a complete Scorpions ripoff. But I love it. And Heat Strokes is also too. Bedside Radio is a little cheesy number I like on that one too. Then the next album was One Vice at a Time. Now, I know I'm getting ahead of myself because they have albums prior to uh, Metal Rendezvous like hard, uh, Hardware and whatever. I'm not too, really too familiar with those. But, you know, One Vice at a Time came out and that's the first time I saw Crocus open for Rainbow on the Straight Between the Eyes tour and I met Crocus. They were all hanging out near the t-shirt stand. I bought a tour book, which I still own to this day, and I had every member of Crocus sign it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And that album had Long Stick Goes Boom. Total ACDC ripoff, but great song. Yeah. (coughs) Another album chock full of fillers. Then they released Headhunter, where I can't find a filler on this. I know Ian disagrees, but I think every song on this one kills. It's, to me, I don't know, I don't really... I know I heard uh, the one, The Blitz, which had uh, Midnight Maniac and Our Love and Ballroom Blitz, the cover, which was good. But the one after that, Change of Address, was so horrible that I, I just totally gave up on them. But I don't know if it was the one after that, but they released an album called Heart Attack. Yeah, that was the next studio album. That was after Change of Address? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that one was good. And it has one of my favorite Crocus tunes called Axe Attack. Check it out. Like, look look that up. It's AXX Attack. Check that out on fucking YouTube. That's that's a monster killer heavy metal song. And then after that, I totally lost touch. I know they've released Rock the Block and stuff like that, but I, I've never heard them. So. I saw Crocus a total three times during uh, One Bites at a Time. Then I saw The Headhunter where they opened for Def Leppard on the Pyromania tour. And then I saw them the next tour for the Blitz, opening for Kiss on the Animalized tour, and that was the end of it. But Crocus, I wasn't like the biggest fan because they had so many fillers on some of them. But I'm a huge fan of Headhunter. What do you What do you have to say about Crocus, there, Ian? Uh, Crocus. Yeah, Crocus is one of those that always went under the radar. Uh, and I, I I think you brought up a great reason why is they have a shitload of fillers. Uh, the first time I won't go out Terrence here the first time I ever heard fucking Crocus was uh, hanging out I skipped uh, my freshman year in high school I skipped a school dance I went over to Murray Mintz's house and I think we smoked a joint and he had heart attack which just came out we listened to that and I think we listened to Accept Eat the Heat album they did without Udo and uh, neither one of them really grabbed me at the time. But, uh, you know, I went back, you know, because you hear shit about Crocus. I was like, okay, well, let me check this out. They're kind of known for doing a lot of covers. Because these guys do a lot of fucking covers. And they'll release them as videos. They released uh, Schools Out was a single off of, I believe, uh, Change of Address. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, they did Ballroom Blitz was a single off of uh, the, the album The Blitz. Uh, there, there, there's a cover song on this album. Uh, wait, wait, they, they're on Headhunter? 
Yes. What's the yes. cover on this one? Well, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get I didn't, that I, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, there's a cover on this album. Uh, they did a cover on, uh, I believe, it's either One Vice. Yes, one, one Vice, they do American Woman. American Woman, yes. They do a lot of fucking covers. Um, you know, and... Uh, it, 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 it's a good band. It's, it's traditional, like, uh, um, you know, hard rock, heavy metal to me. They cut, to me, they are like a third tier band. Um, and by that, you know, like a certain, you know, genre of music comes out, somebody does it really well. And then you have a copy of a copy of a copy. To me, they are a copy of a copy of a copy. But. There's still entertaining songs that that I definitely agree, and there might be a few masterpieces there as well. Uh, but this is one of those ones I've got a lot of requests for this uh, for Crocus. People we've talked to on Facebook, uh, you know, Crocus does have a, have a cult following. A bit, it's a small cult following. That's why you don't see Crocus, you know, touring the U.S. Actually, you don't see him tour too much out of fucking uh, Switzerland. You know, I don't even think they make it to the UK that much. I think they're pretty much up in the uh, you know Scandinavia area. But uh, but they do have some great songs. And you know what? Fuck it. We might as well get into the first goddamn track. So Ralph, why don't you talk about the title track that starts out this album? And that is Headhunter. Headhunter, my favorite track off the album. Blistering, fast, traditional, killer, killer heavy metal. My favorite form of heavy metal. This song has it all. The fast beat, the killer riffs, uh, Mark Storacci screeping his ass off. Uh, if you listen closely, you hear uh, hairs on his chest fall out, pluck out while he's screaming. Uh, really, really tight song, Headhunter. Probably my all-time favorite. I'd have to think about that, but I think it is my all-time favorite Crocus track. Headhunter rules. My favorite track. What do you think, Arian? Uh, I agree it is a great opener. This is a great way to start an album. Uh, and it kind of, it's stereotypical of what I think of Crocus, which is ACDC meets Priest meets Accept. And it's kind of like, you know, you throw all those bands together, but all filler tracks and you get Crocus. But I love Headhunter. It is a great, great fucking metal track. Great album opener. Leads into the second song, uh, which I used to fucking hate. But now I've grown to love, which is Eat the Rich. And I, I think what it was is I heard about this track after it came out. Excuse me. But to me, anytime I hear Eat the Rich, I don't think about that horrible Aerosmith song. I don't think about this song. I think about Motorhead. And uh, this song isn't as good as the Motorhead song, but it's a great song. Uh, Fozzie, Chris Jericho's band, covered this song. And I was like, when I saw they were covering Eat the Rich, I was all, all excited. I was like, oh, yeah, Motorhead. I was like, what? No. Oh, it's Krogus? Uh, and I was like, eh. But I have grown to love this song. And now I think it's like, you know, the more and more I listen to it, I was like, this is just straight-up 80s metal. It's straight-up 80s pop, cock, rock, fucking metal, and it's really enjoyable. Uh, and now, anytime 
Crocus Eat the Ritual come on, I would never change the channel. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah, it is a great, great song. Uh, and by the way, I like all three Eat the Riches. Even even Aerosmith, and I hate Get a Grip. But I, I, but I actually like the song from them. And uh, believe it or not, I would put this one above Motorhead, believe it or not. No! Yeah, really? and, and I love Motorhead's Eat the Rich, but I don't know, wow. man. I guess because I lived with, with this one the longest. And I okay. even loved it back in the yeah. day, you know? See, see, Eat the Rich by Motorhead was the first Motorhead song I ever heard. Yeah, so of course you're going to be biased. I'm, I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, Crocus is not a pimple on the ass of Motorhead. Let's get serious here, but... I do prefer Eat the Rich. I always loved this song. And this also takes me back to the early MTV days where they had this video where they're playing these weird instruments. That's, they had a video for Eat the Rich? Oh, my God. You got to see it, dude. It oh, is, I'll check it out. It is wild. You know what it is? It's actually either the prequel or the sequel to Screaming in the Night. It's the same thing. Like, okay. it's kind of like, but Screaming in the Night has more of a storyline where you see in Screaming, you've seen the video for Screaming in the Night, right? Yes, yes. You remember the part where Mark Sirachi's walking up to the TV and it shows them playing? Yeah. That's Eat the Rich. That's oh, the, okay. I don't know if it's the same video, but it's the same. You know, they're they're playing on top of rocks with these weird instruments. Anyway, I, I love this song. Eat the Rich was always one of my favorites, too, back in the day. Um, great. You know, and I loved it that they released it as a single, I guess, because it was a video. Um and I love this, the the line where he says, uh, uh, break some backs, get my axe to break some backs, something like that. It was fucking cool heavy metal, dude. It's just like an innocence of the heavy metal of the time where cheesy was good. And everybody out there, eh, I don't like it because it's cheesy. What, you hate pizza too, asshole? I love <laughs> Eat the Rich. Eat the Rich rules. What do you, uh, well, uh, then we go into, because you already talked about Eat the Rich. We go yes. into the, the more popular song on the album. Uh, Screaming in the Night, if anybody knows Crocus, they know this song. Because this is probably their biggest hit. Where it's a continuation, I guess, of that video. And um, I love this song, too. It's 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 a mellow tune. It's like it's a ballady song, but uh, I just love it. And, you know, it's, it's very mellow, but I love that middle section where he's, like, screaming and the guitars are going... You know the part I'm talking about, Ian? Oh, yeah. That part rules. It's my favorite part of the song. Screaming at Night is an awesome song. I love it, man. It's good shit. And it takes me back to that special time of the early 80s of uh, early MTV, which is they showed this video more than Eat the Rich. Uh, a, a, a classic. And another thing I want to add is was Crocus back then was pretty much a joke band. A lot of people, believe it or not, I mean, even Saxon back then was made fun of. You know, now they don't. They don't make fun of Saxon. Yeah, I think Crocus probably still gets a snicker here and there from people, but, you know, fuck those people, man. Crocus rules. Screaming the Night's a great, great song. I think they were trying to catch in on the Scorpions' popularity, but, um, because uh, Scorpions had no one like you and stuff like that. Uh,. And it was their song to break them through, and it did get them a lot of attention. Where the next album, they were headlining some places because I have actually on Laserdisc, believe it or not. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah, a Crocus Laserdisc, the Blitz Live, where they're playing a decent sized place. I don't know if they were opening for anybody. I don't think they were because they had a full stage setup. Looked like a headline Crocus tour, 
But uh, but yeah, in Florida they open for Kiss. Uh, what do you think of Screaming the Night, there, Ian? Oh, I fucking love love this fucking song. This is you know this will always be their all time classic fucking song. Uh, amazing. If they had more songs like this. I think they would have got more respect. They would have got more listeners. Um, this is definitely in vain of, like, you know, um, excuse me, Death Leopard. Uh, uh, you know, another metal of the time. Uh, it's like a ballad, but it's not. It's, it, it's just fucking amazing I mean this, this every everything that's awesome about early 80s metal is in this song and you know and even the video the video is so like what the fuck dude <laughs> you know it's like Grim Reaper made fun of this video but it's it, it's awesome man it's so awesome um whenever I think of Crocus I think of this song I think of this video um it's it's timeless, and I think that's why this is their best-selling album. It uh, amazing, amazing song, and then it goes into track number four, which uh, what's what's the name of track number four? Ready to burn. Yeah, ready to burn. Ready to burn um, is what I would what I would call a killer filler. You know, we've talked about this in many episodes. It's killer filler. Uh, not a bad song by any means and this is my problem with Crocus they have way too much filler they have a couple of great songs and then way too much filler that are not necessarily bad songs they're just not like you know this shit isn't going to get you known this shit isn't going to get you worshipped but uh it's not a bad song it's just it doesn't have that hook that makes something a classic song. But it's still good. Uh, another interesting note, this song has background vocals by Mr. Rob Halford. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Dr. Fuck. I did know it, but I, I, I didn't know it was this song. But I know he did yeah. background vocals on his album. Yes, yes. This is the one he does. And uh, I listened to this like multiple times, like trying to hear Rob Halford. And you can hear, like at the very end of the song... You, you hear the bat, you hear the vocals. Definitely, Rob Halford. Not a bad song, just not a great song. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, I love this song. Again, I would, uh, you know, it's not say it's one of the best songs on the album, but I think the placement is perfect. I think it's a, uh, it keeps the momentum going on the album, where you had your kind of like you know, mid-tempo ballad type thing going on, and then going back to a rocker, man. And it's a great way to end side one. Ready to burn to me is traditional metal done right I really don't see it as a filler to tell you the truth I see it as a if this was on any other Crocus album it'd be a standout track if you ask me but since it's in this album that has nothing but great songs um, I think um, it's placed perfectly I think that the the placement on this album the songs are just you know they're they're, they're put on the perfect spot and I think that's a great way to cap off side uh, one with um, Ready to Burn. Alright, so now we flip the baby over to uh, side two for all you old schoolers that own it on vinyl or cassette with uh, what I consider like 
part two of Headhunter, the ha- uh, fast-paced like Headhunter, called Nightwolf. This song kills. Another killer, killer song. Uh, my only problem with the song, and you know, like I was saying earlier, I love cheese, but this one is kind of like sour cheese, how the song starts lyrically. He says, I'm on the prowl tonight, and I'm looking for some tushy. <laughs> tushy? <laughs> really? There's actually a song that has tushy in the lyrics. But you take that out, and it's a great fucking song. I love this song. Again, what I love about heavy metal, traditional metal, what I want to do. And, you know, we have a song on the, on the, on the combat album called Demons, which is pretty much kind of like this, uh, the fast-paced drums, you know, with the, the hooks and everything. And, but, you know, in Demons, I don't say tushy. But I, I love Nightwolf. Uh, a standout track. One of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, what do you feel about Nightwolf? Uh, I wouldn't call it a standout track, but I do love it. Uh, to me, this is a killer filler. It's kind of like uh, the, the second side opens up the same way the second... Uh, I'm sorry. Second side opens up the same way the first side ends. Let me tell you one thing. It, I'm sorry I'm sorry to cut you off, Ian. Um, right. You know, the like what I was saying before, how much cooler would this song be instead of him saying, looking for some tushy? It would have been like, I'm on the prowl tonight, I'm looking for some pussy. Come on. In 83, uh, that would have been awesome. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, I, I do think it's a filler track, but it's not a bad filler track. It is killer filler. Uh, and it... It fits perfect within metal, you know, if you think about 1983 era metal, this shit fits perfect. Not a bad song, but it's not one of those ones that'll push them up to the next level, and I think that that's why Crocus stayed where they were at, uh, because of songs like this. It's not bad, but, you know, it's not too fast for love, it's not round and round, it's not... Uh, you know, another thing coming. Uh, you know, it, it's not Rainbow in the Dark. It's a good metal song. It just doesn't have that little something that takes it to the next level. Yeah, it's definitely an album track. Right, right. Which I, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with. All right, before you get into the next song, Ian, uh, I'm predicting this is the cover of the album. Am I right? Yes, you are right. Who did this song? I've never heard this before. This this is one by Canadian's own Bachman Turner Overdrive. You gotta be kidding me! This is a BTO song. Yes, this is a BTO song. Wow, it makes sense, you know, because this is kind of like, you know, what's their you know, what's their hit? Uh, taking care of business every day. It's got it's kind of got that vibe. Yeah, I hear you. Cool. What do you think of that one? Uh, I'll tell you what, I love this fucking song. I, I love BTO. And I, I love this song, and I think it's a great choice as a cover. Now, this is a band that did a shitload of covers. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, they do a ton of covers. But this is one I actually think they they made their own. The same way that Van Halen, you know, did uh, you know the Kinks, you know. And as great as that song is, they made it their own. Uh, Crocus made this song their fucking own, and I love it. 
It's a fun song. It's been on every album, every, uh, I'm sorry, every live album, every, every greatest hits album. It's just perfect. They totally took it over, made it their own, and it's rock and fucking roll metal fun song. What do you think? Yeah, I, I also love this song. It's very much of the period. Uh, so, so the BTO version sounds nothing like this, does it? Uh, yeah, kind of, it's, it's on, uh, if anybody wants to check this out, it's on the very first Bachman-Turner Overdrive album. Okay. Uh, you know, it's still a great song, but uh, this is one where I really think like, Crocus owns this shit. Well, yeah, I this, love this, I remember, I do remember, when they opened for Def Leppard, this was the song, when they played this, it was the audience uh, participation song, where, you know, the... the you know how the typical, it's just the drums and the bass, and Mark walking around, having people scream after him, stay awake all night, made the crowd do it. Stay awake all night! Yeah, he just <laughs> kept doing it over and over, and uh, yeah, it was a great song, man, and you know, um, this is also a song that I totally forgot about, to tell you the truth, because there were many years I was without the crocus, man. And uh, don't ask me why, but there's, you know, after uh, so many bands I'm into, some of them get lost in the shuffle as far as, like, not being on my playlist, and Crocus is guilty of one of those bands. And I remember when I put on uh, Headhunter many years later, because it's been, I think, like a good, maybe even 10 years since I've heard Headhunter, when I popped it in after so many years, and this song came on, it just took me back to... 1983 with the sluts and this place <laughs> called Hollywood Auditorium getting drunk, fucked up, hanging out yeah! all night, fucking the young sluts and uh, yeah, with the zebra pants and stuff, you know. Hell yeah, spandex. I mean, you know, I'm talking about. I'm uh, banging those girls that would wear a bandana around their fucking neck. Yeah, the, the 80s, bro, and this song brought it all back, flooding all back, saying yes. This is the reason why I don't give a fuck. All you, all you assholes out there that look at me and go, wow, what an old fuck, because in a little under a month, February 9th, it is January 10th as I, we're recording this, I'm going to be 50 years old. Yes, I'm an yes, old sir. fuck, but you know what, dude? I lived during an era that none of you young fucks will ever know how killer it was back then. Pre, Pre-AIDS. We didn't care. Fuck condoms. It was beautiful, and chicks were easy and beautiful and great. And respect. And we respected sluts. Not like now you look down on sluts. Don't get me into that whole thing. All I can say is I still respect the sluts because they want to do what they want. And come on, what guy out there, single guy, doesn't want to dip their pen in some slut ink. Anyway, so yeah, that stayed awake all night for me. Then we go into the next one and stand and be counted. Uh, cool tune. This would be a filler. Mid tempo rocker. Uh, you know, if I if I was to pick my least favorite, you know, it would be this one. But it's still a fun tune. It's still, hey, this is heavy metal from the eighties. And look. We're Crocus, and so far, we kept you entertained, Ralph Vieira. This ain't no one vice at a time metal rendezvous. We're still kicking <laughs> ass, man. We're still song after song after song. You're digging us, Ralph Vieira. And, uh, 
Yeah, man. I remember. I remember many nights fucking chicks to this fucking album where I wasn't done during Stayed Awake on that. I think I would climax during Stand and Be Counted. What do you think of that song, uh, Ian? I actually love this song. This is what, <laughs> uh, you know, besides the obvious hits on the album, uh, this is like the most killer filler. It is a killer filler, but I really really dig this song. It's an 80s anthem, you know, just 80s rock and roll, a great fucking tune. Um, and and a lot of, you know, a lot of Bell albums from this era had songs like this. Wasn't necessarily the single, but uh, just kept the spirit alive, you know? Kept the feeling of 80s fucking hard rock and heavy metal alive. And I think this song does a great job of that. And then we go into a song that sure as fuck doesn't, um, which is White Death. And uh, this is an instrumental that leads in the last track. And, uh, you know, you, you hear stuff like, you know, Hellion going into Electric Eye. Well, this sure as fuck ain't the fucking Hellion. I don't know what this is. It's not that it's horrible. But if you're going to make something like a separate track, you know, like give it its own name, its own identity, um, there better be something. You know, there better be something that justifies us having its own title instead of just making it one song. And this does not do that for me. To me, this is totally like filler. You should just call the last song one name and uh, that's it. But I don't know. Maybe Ralph disagrees with me. What do you think, Ralph, the White Den? No, not at all. This should have this White Den should have been called Russian Winter. Because Exactly. It's 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 pointless. It really has no it would sound good. To me, it would sound awesome if it was called Russian Winter. It's like a hey, right. little intro, you know, a little like ambiance before the 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 last track. It would have been fine then, but to me this is like you know, it's just pointless, you know, and uh, I think it was done for money reasons. Hey, look, let's get another thing copyrighted and make a couple more, you know, pennies off this, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, White Den is totally po- pointless, but unlike the next song, which to me is like the epic song on the album, it's a killer ending to a killer album. You know, Russian Winter rules. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. I love... Uh, just the, the, the whole vibe on the song. It's you know, Crook was trying to be epic, and uh, and it was it's to me it's a great way to end this album because I feel like Crookus was like I don't know man like all the planets planets aligned at Mark Sirachi's house you know when they wrote this shit and uh, and it's just a, a great great song and I feel like um, you know Winter Din should have been part of it. They should have just wrote another song. You know, and throwing it on there instead of like making this really. I mean, I'm sure when they wrote Russian Winter, Winter Din was part of the intro to it. But that, you know, probably the producer of Record Company said, hey, let's turn that into a song. I have a feeling that's what happened because it, it's just, it, it, to me, that intro goes so well with Russian Winter, it sounds like it's part of that song. Anyway, Russian Winter, love it. Great way to end the album. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I agree. You could not pick a better way to end this fucking album than Russian Winter. Um, 
I don't know if I would put epic just because it's actually a very short song. I mean, if you take away the 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 you know the intro, it's like a three minute thirty thirty three second song, but it is good and is a great way to end the fucking album. Um, but you, you know, albums back then were a lot different than what they are now. I mean, you had like basically this album. I think is like thirty seven minutes long. Uh, excuse me. I love that. Great. Oh, exactly. No, no. Exactly. I was talking. I was talking about your burp. Well, that too. Well, there's a fart too. But uh, a uh, great way to end the album. I think. I don't think there should be any album. Okay, unless you say, "Fuck it, we're making a double album." No album should be over forty minutes. I agree. Well, no, no. I mean, forty-five is okay. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though? It, it, it's like, okay, okay, allow, allow this amount of time. Pick the best fucking songs. Because the worst thing that happened to album rock was the fucking CDH. Because all of a sudden you go like 77 minutes or it some started shit like that. With, it started with hysteria. Right, but I mean, I mean it's it shit like that. It's, it's like, okay, normally this would either be a B-side or you would cut it off the album. That's why albums back then were so much better because they cut off this shit. You know, like somebody would listen to it and say, it's not a bad song, but okay, we've only got 45 minutes. Let's fucking pack it all in one fucking punch and hit you right in the fucking mouth. Um, you know, you know it's, okay, here's a here, perfect example. Soundgarden. Love Soundgarden, but Super Unknown. Super Unknown is way too fucking long. Great shit on there. You cut Super Unknown down to like fucking 40 minutes, 45 minutes. You've got one of the greatest metal albums of all time. Take off limo wreck. You you put everything else on there, you've got bloated piece of shit. You know? And and, and that's the, the the CDH ruined everything. Um, but the, this is great. And not to say that there's not filler on Headhunter. Because there is filler on Headhunter. But it's still fucking fun as fuck. I, I mean, I, I put it to anybody. Put on this fucking album, front to fucking back, and not have a good time. You're gonna have a fucking good time. It's gonna remind you back to the early 80s, fun rock and roll, fun fucking metal, when metal was still on the fucking outskirts. You were listening to some dangerous incredible. I love this fucking album, even though I don't think you know, every song is fucking perfect. It's a perfect time capsule of 1983. Uh, I love it. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I, I disagree as far as, like, filler. I don't think this album has filler, actually. I think, really? all, I think all songs are great, and I'm one to tell you, I mean, my Metal Rendezvous, I'm not the biggest versed Crocus fan. I only know Metal Rendezvous, uh, One Vice, Headhunter, um, uh, The Blitz, uh, Change of Address, and Heart Attack. That's it. That's all I know. Okay? And I'm not really well-versed in all any of those albums except for Headhunter because I don't really go back and listen to any of those albums for pleasure. If I'm going to put on Pro- Crocus, I'm going to put on Headhunter because for me... There's not one filler bad song on this album. I think this is their high and dry. This is their, you know, I, I don't know. 
you know, like their their best album. I mean, as far as the albums that I know of, you know. Well, it, it, it's definitely this is their biggest album. This one came out April twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. Uh, it was their first U.S. album to go gold. Uh, Screaming in the Night is by far their biggest known track. Still played on classic rock radio in certain markets. Uh, there's a reissue on Rock Candy Records. Uh, we have a lot of fans all over the fucking world. But if you live in if you live in the UK or Europe, Rock Candy Records does an amazing job reissuing old classics. They do a version of this, which if you love it, pick it up. Even if you're in the U.S. And you're like, oh, fuck, I remember that. I had it on cassette. I want to get it on CD. Look, see if you can find the Rock Candy reissue. Let me ask you, the, the, the Rock Candy reissue, does it have bonus tracks? That I'm not sure. That I'm not sure. But I, I, hope, know, I hope not. I, I, I know Rock Candy, they, they do a stellar job. Like, anytime you buy a Rock Candy reissue, uh, if you're people like us that love the line... There's going to be crazy liner notes. Tell you all about that era in history. Uh, they remaster. Everything I've heard through Rock Candy, the remaster jobs are amazing. It's not a redo. It's not like the fucking, uh, the Megadeth fucking, uh, you know, re-recorded vocals. They take what's there, make it sound the best, give you the best notes they can. Sounds amazing. And uh, I highly recommend you pick that up. Uh, this album was produced by Tom Alden. Oh, really? All, yes. Oh, yes. cool. I didn't know that. Yes, who did all the Judas Priest albums in the 80s. And I got a strong suspicion that's why Rob Halford sings background uh, vocals on, uh, what was the fourth track? Uh, Ready to Burn. But, you know, you yeah. know, that's interesting because I don't think Headhunter is as sonically monstrous as Judas Priest, you know? No, I, I mean, I don't think it is either, but I don't think they're that band. I mean, I did, and I hate to say this, but they are a second or third tier band. Yeah, but I feel, uh, I feel they, they could have toughened up a little, the guitars a little bit more, you know? If any complaint I have on Headhunter is like the guitars are a little kind of weak. You know, the sound of it. Well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they also have background vocals on the sound by Jimmy Jameson. Oh, wow. For, who, who recently passed away. Yes, who recently passed away. He was the second singer for Survivor. And a great band called Cobra. Yeah. Uh, which, first Strike, I have it on vinyl. Great album. With, which is I, with Mandy Meyer on guitar, who used to be in Crocus. No shit. Yes. Wow. I, I'm not sure what album he's on. But I know he was in Crocus. And then later, he joined Asia. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, that, that that's it for Crocus. Uh, All right, let's get into Pick of the Week, man. All right, well, Pick of the Week. All right, how, why don't you go into your Pick of the Week first for a okay. change? Okay, I'm going to go with something extremely obscure. Even if you know this artist, this album's still very obscure. For any of Sounds you, good. For any of you old, old school motherfuckers, you know Frank Marino Mahogany Rush. 
Oh, Mahogany Rush. Oh, oh yeah. we're going. We're going to Canada, huh? Yeah, but this is not Mahogany Rush. This is the first album he did. I think I could be wrong, but I believe it's the first Frank Marino album he did solo without Mahogany Rush, and it's called The Power of Rock and Roll. This album is so. I mean, it is so under the radar. I remember when this album came out, my friend got like a promo copy of it. I never saw it at a record store. It was just so hard. But man, it has a song on there called Ain't Dead Yet, which, in my opinion, is the greatest guitar solo ever caught on tape in a studio recording. You have to hear. Like, I have a friend that's like a shredder that never heard of, you know, Frank Marino. He's like into shredding. I played him that song and he's like, oh my God. Like, what the hell? This guy's God, you know? What, you know, you got, and this album's solid from start to finish. Song called uh, Crazy Miss Daisy, um, Play My Music, the, the title track. The whole album is solid and great. I love The Power of Rock and Roll. Highly recommend that one. Check it out. Go on YouTube and just punch up Ain't Dead Yet. And play my music. That's another good one. And uh, Crazy Miss Daisy. Just hear those three tunes, and I guarantee you'll be buying it. If it's if it's even available. I do have it on vinyl. What's that, your, that, yeah. that, that's one I definitely want to check out. A lot, lot of times when you pick the movie, like, yeah, I already know that. You know, I love it, but I already know it. That's one I have no fucking idea. Oh, you're going to love this one. I really want to check that out. Um... Uh, my pick of the week is one uh, by a band most people know, but while we're talking about an album by Crocus that I consider a lot of filler, we're going to talk about another album that a lot of people consider filler, but I love, and that is Rat Dancing Undercover. Uh, I actually love this fucking album. I love Rat. You know, back in the, back in the day, it's like, you know, Rat or Motley Crue. I think Rat is a thousand times better than Motley Crue. I think they have better musicianship. I think they have better songwriting. But you know what? Uh, you know, Warren D. Martini doesn't have a porno video. You know, and all this. I, I think Motley Crue is, is is praised for a lot of other shit other than their music. But if you want to go by music, I think Rat is a thousand times better. But this sound that's gone on the radar, but there's songs like Dance. One Good Lover, Drive Me Crazy, Slip of the Lip, Body Talk. That's just the first side. Then you get to the second side, which you know, a lot of you might consider filler, but I think are incredible tracks. Uh, Looking for Love, 7th Avenue, It Doesn't Matter, Take a Chance. And personally, my favorite, favorite fucking song on the album, Enough is Enough. Uh, it was the last right album produced by Bo Hill. Uh, came out in 1980. Shit, what is it? I'm Six. looking at it right now. Yeah, great, great fucking album. Uh, I remember they, they had a video. Uh, I think it was for Dance. That uh, they had footage from the Golden Child, the horrible Eddie Murphy no, movie. No, 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 no. That was Body Talk. Oh, it was Body Talk. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ralph, same there. But uh, I, I love Rat. And I love this album. And, uh, you know, if you like 80s era cock rock, which I do, check out fucking Rat Dancing Undercover. Um, that video for Dance, by the way, uh, there's a comedian 
that starts the video, he's up on stage saying some lame jokes or whatever. I don't remember that guy's name, but that comedian, like, soon after that video, or maybe a, like, a couple years after that video, died of a heart attack on stage, and at first people thought it was a joke. That's, that's a pretty horrible way to go, right? I think, I think his name started with Dick, but I could be wrong. Anyway, my, my, um, I like Motley Crue more, but let me explain why. Because uh, of Shot of the Devil. I don't think, I mean, and I, and you know, if you're going to, if, if I'm going to judge favorite rat albums, it would be definitely the EP and out, out in the, out of the cellar. Now, Dancing on the Cover, I will admit, it is an upgrade from Invasion of Your Privacy. See, I love Invasion. I love Invasion too, but I, I felt like, um, Dancing was a little better musically, uh, especially, I'm not a fan of Dance, I'm sorry, uh. I'm not a fan of a lot of songs on that album, but I do love uh, Slip of the Lip, Body yeah. Body Talk Rules, and I love It Doesn't Matter. I don't remember the other ones. Like you said, Enough's Enough. I got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. But um, the one after that was horrible, though it had City to City, which was a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, Reach for the Sky. And Detonator was like my least favorite from the yeah. original lineup. I like all of them. I, I'm a rat nuts. Well, did, did, did you hear Collage? Uh, Collage. Or, or was it the self-titled? There was, I think they released... Uh, co- collage, I like the self-titled one. It was horrible. Yeah, that's the one horrible. I'm thinking of. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was really but, horrible. But Collage wasn't no better. Now, the uh, one... I think Collage had a couple of good songs, but the self-titled was fucking... But but it was totally like uh, John Collodner or whatever. You know, it's like him wanting outside writers. And... Yeah, but Infestation was wow. That was a good album. That was kind of like a return of form. And Warren Demartini is fucking incredible. Unbelievable guitar player. One of my favorites, actually, uh, of the 80s. Uh, he was so clean and great. And I love Out of the Cellar. That one... I can play anytime. There's no... I love every song on that album. Even oh, she, she Wants Scene Money. Scene of the Crime. Scene of the Crime is my all-time favorite rap, really? rap song. That, yes. I love that song. That's I my favorite. And that's a song that they they started playing live like a couple years ago when right before Piercy left the band. But back in the day, I saw every rat tour. Uh, uh, you know, not the EP, but I saw Out of the Cellar. They opened for Billy Squire and it was one of those shows where the opener destroyed the headliner. Right. Uh, uh, then I saw them headline in uh, Invasion uh, with Bon Jovi opening and then Dancing Undercover I saw twice at two different venues with Poison opening. And no, I didn't see any tour after that. Now I will say this. Uh, Out of the Cellar was a great show. They blew away Billy's Choir. But man, every show after that, I'm telling you, man, it was the worst sounding band known to man they had like the worst sound system that I kept saying alright maybe you know the, the sound man wasn't on but after three times I stopped going to see Rat and I did see Rat on their reunion of 97 and a little club that it was beyond packed oh I, I, I saw him <laughs> I saw him at a bar in Cocoa Beach Florida in 97 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I saw him in <laughs> Hallandale in a place called the Button South. Then I think the next time I saw Rat, and this is a funny story, 
was uh, they had Jizzy Pearl and John Karabi in the oh, band. Oh, yeah. Oh, but it was, they were actually really good. And what was funny about that show is that show fell on my birthday. And when I showed up, I have uh, these two uh, friends I, I have, Jenny and Beth. They showed up with a birthday, happy birthday balloon, like a helium one. And I and I tied it, uh, a, I tied it on my belt. So I'm walking around the venue with this happy birthday balloon floating above me, and everybody giving me free drinks. I was so plastered that night that in the morning I was woken up by a homeless lady, and I, I <laughs> and I was laying on the beach. I was I totally pulled an Ian. Nice. Yeah, I that, like that. That sounds sexy. And then the last time I saw him was when they opened for the Scorpions, where musically they were good, but Stephen Piercy was the most boring frontman I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's too bad. But, you know, and then I met Bobby Blotzer afterwards at a little club where he played a lot of rat songs and stuff, and, and I got his book. And, you know, a lot of people slam his book, but I, I found his book quite entertaining. It was pretty good. Right. Tales of a Rat or something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I've read a lot of Stephen Piercy's. And, Did uh, you read? I saw him. You know, I was at a Barnes & Noble yesterday, and I saw his book. I was tempted to buy it, but I didn't. Have you read that I, one? I, I had like I, I've got like the first couple chapters into it, and I love it. Um, okay, but but dude, I'm I'm a piercing nuts. It's weird, like like both him and Vince Neil are like two of the worst fucking singers ever. That that need like okay, you need total studio shit to fucking fix their shit. But I don't care. I love it. I love fucking Rat. I love Motley Crue, but musically, dude. Fucking rat kills Molly. I agree. I agree. I just think. Look, I just Molly, think. Molly yeah. Crew is totally substance over. You know. I agree. You know. I agree. But yeah. they. Uh, go ahead. We should do a Motley Crew show. I would love to do a Motley Crew show, dude. What? And I love Motley Crew, but I think Rat is infinitely better. And uh, it, it's sad that, like, like now they get looked at like Crocus. Yeah, it, it is sad because, you know, Rat was headlining arenas back in the day, you know? Oh, yeah, and, and Rat, I mean, they just had amazing songs, though. But not only did you have, like, fucking uh, Warren D. Martini and fucking Robin Crosby, but you had Juan Cruciate, you know, was a great writer. Yeah, but he was a very annoying on stage. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I get that, I get that, you know. He was like he was like Janet, Janet Gears with a bass. No, I, I totally get that. And, and, you know, Bobby Blotzer wasn't Tommy Lee, but goddamn rat was fucking... What better fucking music to finger-bang a girl to than fucking rat, you know? I mean, that was just, like, some good, like, party, let's get fucked up, and I'm gonna finger-bang you kind of shit. You know, at least in my era. Another great rat is that first EP. Awesome, awesome EP. Oh, I love it. Sweet Cheater, uh... Great, oh, yeah. v- great version of walking the dog. They do walking the dog. My, I, I prefer theirs over fucking Aerosmiths. Yeah, I agree. I, I do too. And uh, you think you're tough is one of my favorite rap oh, songs. Love it. Love and a great, great video. You seen the video to that? Oh yeah. It has a lot yeah. of cameos in it. Ozzy's in it. Jakey Lee, the Motley Crue guys. Yeah. It's, it's good yeah. stuff, you know. But oh, uh, oh de- definitely in the future we are going to do some fucking rap reviews. We're going to do some Motley Crue videos. Uh, you know, Molly Crew after after uh, Shout Out the Devil, it was man. You want to talk about a band with fillers? 
Oof. Uh, I, I still like Theater of Pain, though. We should review that one, because that one I'm hot and cold on. Alright, that, that'll be a fun one. So, so listeners, coming soon will be a Theater of Pain review. Uh, yeah, unless uh, we have like a backlash not to do it. Right. <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't want to do it, speak up and go on a Facebook page and tell us not to do it. Or else we're going to do it. Uh, now we got to go into Fan of the Week. Let's do it. Alright. Fan of the Week. Hold on, hold on. Let me take a break. Justin Childers. Oh, God. I, th- I think that's how you say his name. No, it's, it's actually Childers. I know because I used to bang a girl called Ashley Childers, but he, there's no relations, so he says. Well, see, I think I think I said it Childers before, and he got pissed. Well, anyway. he, he doesn't even know how to spell his last name, pronounce his last name. It's Childers. Right. Stop, Childers being, stop being Childish. Childers, whatever the fuck, from fucking North Carolina. I know him as Justin Homo. Uh, I, I call him Justin Time. I call him, I ju- love- I call him Justin Sane. <laughs> I love this motherfucker. You want to talk about a good friend of the podcast. He has been there since the fucking beginning. Left an awesome review on fucking iTunes. And I really love you two going back and forth. Yeah, we go at it. <laughs> Oh, my God, because he loves some fucking Adrian Smith, and you fucking rag on Adrian Smith. Oh, yeah. It, it's very entertaining. Yeah. That's another thing for the listeners. Like, like, come on the Facebook page, you know, or Ralph's mom's face. Just, hey. just come on it, and uh, you're going to see all kinds of crazy shit. You know, but on the Facebook page, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Once you're in there, you can post whatever you want, videos, uh, pictures, whatever you want. Just interact, and Justin does that to the T, man. He puts up, he puts up all he wants. He goes back and forth, and uh, it's just a fun. It makes it fun experience for everybody. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, me, me, and him go at it. I mean, it's it's uh. It's it, it, that alone is enough to join our page because me and him really go at it, and not only him, you know, there's a lot of other, uh, as I would call them, maiden tards that attack me because you know, Iron Maiden's this sacred band that a lot of people like get really pissed off if I say anything negative about them, even though I love everything up to Power Slave. Just not a fan of the rest of stuff, and I do see Adrian Smith as like. You know, Justin, puts, his main picture was Adrian Smith, and he looked at him like he's a, you know, like an Eddie Van Halen or, you know, whatever, like a Hendrix, you know, like he writes all these memorable solos to him. And I'm, like, perplexed. I'm like, dude, this guy is, like, Adrian Smith is, like, whatever. It, it, you know, and, and actually, I think Dave Murray's the better guitar player, and he wrote more memorable solos, like um, uh, Killers is my favorite Iron Maiden guitar solo is Killer. But my second favorite is actually Strange World, and that's Dennis Stratton. But, you know, but at the same time, I like Justin a lot. He he gets the joke, unlike other people online that get upset if you don't like what they like. He he rolls with the punches, and he goofs on me. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, Glenn Tipton's way better. And he's like, Glenn Tipton plays his guitar up to his nipples. Which has nothing to do with anything, but you know, I mean, that's the kind of uh, things that go on on our Facebook page. 
I want to keep rambling because uh, Ian does this a lot during the show. He he leaves to take a piss because, you know, he drinks beer all the time. Anyway, so, um, yeah, join our Facebook page, man, uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Go on iTunes, man, leave us a review. And uh, what else can I say before this guy comes back from the can? Oh, I'm sure he'll say it like the whole Amazon thing. But anyway, uh, Justin, you're a good guy if you're listening, man. You know, you know, uh, I only hate you online. I think you're a good guy, and you know, so what if you're gay? You know, I have no problem with that. And uh, yeah, and Adrian Smith sucks, and Ian is back. All right, Hello. all right, Ian. I was just explaining to the audience how you went to go take a piss, like you do all all the time during the show, and I'm oh, already. Uh- I'm already done I, talking about uh, Justin. So, and the Facebook page. I, I covered the Facebook page part. So, what else you got uh, to say? Oh, nothing other than thank you for covering my piss breaks because that fucking beer just runs right through me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Enough about Justin's gay ass. Even though we love him. See, and that's not a homophobe thing. We love him because he's gay. Yeah, hey, we look, we allow gay people on our page. That shows we're yeah, not homophobes. Yeah, exactly. We don't hate him because he's gay. That man does have dick-flavored chapstick, but we love him. Isn't he a, a Village People fan? Yes, he is. But yeah. so am I. I I'm a big yeah, but you're fan. gay, too. Okay, bye. All right. Well, let's get into the others, and that is, please come on to the new link we have, which is the Amazon page. And like I mentioned, this is a work in progress. Uh, you come on the Amazon page, doesn't cost you anything extra. You go on there, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about fucking Crocus. I forgot about all these other albums. I'm going to buy that shit. Okay, we'll go on the Podbean page and click on the Amazon link. You buy fucking Crocus, we get a little kickback, and we appreciate that. But if you do it, send something on the Facebook page and let me know so I can see if everything's working, because if not... I got to do something else. But we appreciate it. That is a way you can contribute back to it. Of course, we love everybody coming on the iTunes uh, page, leaving us a review. That definitely helps us get sponsors. I don't know what it is. I know everybody fucking hates iTunes. Everybody hates fucking iTunes. But that's what, you know, sponsors look at and everything. If you do good on iTunes, that could help us move to the next level. Move to the next level makes it easier for us to get like bigger name guests do uh, you know interviews and stuff like that which we were trying to we're trying to make this show bigger and better you know and that's a way you can help and I know I know Ralph would appreciate it too because Ralph's tired of hanging out with me because I'm not on the same level as he is and if we make it up there then then he'll be happy what you do got, you think Ralph? well you gotta remember I'm a singer in a band nobody's in my level that's that, true. That, that's part of being a singer, you know. We're we're everybody's beneath us. That is true. That I, I, is. Yeah, I suffer LSD. It's like I see trails, man, in regular life. <laughs> but we thank you for joining us today. And then next week, oh my god! Oh, what are we doing next week, dude? Oh my god! Next week, we have an amazing episode. L.A. Laws, Harry Hamlin. What? Well, Yes, L.A. Law's Harry Hamlin will be here, and we'll discuss the first George Michael solo album. Oh, come on. No. Next, next week 
on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I don't like how you run the show, dude.